Articles by Desiring God Roast What You Kill Becoming a Man Who Follows Through Written and read by Greg Morris The Slugger's Instagram is unforgettable. If you have followed him in the scriptures, you readily picture this creature sticking his hand in the bowl of Cheetos, unwilling to lift it back up to his mouth. We picture the man marooned on his bed, energetically telling us that lions prowl the streets. But if you know the man in real life, his comic profile is not that funny anymore. As smoke in the eyes, he comes to irritate us because we have found repeatedly that we cannot depend on him. You might roll your eyes at him at first, but soon you will give an exasperated, really? How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? He refuses to plow in autumn. His hands refuse to labor. Yet calling up to us from his mother's basement, he insists that he is wise and life is right where he wants it. He is a blend of satire and shame, a tragicomic figure as Derek Kidner names him. So to me, the sluggard was always someone else. I never considered scripture's testimony of the more sophisticated lazy man, one with his shirt tucked in, going about his work, busily adding events to his calendar. I dismissed the cartoon, never taking time to examine myself against one species of sloth given to us in the Proverbs. The man who busies himself with starting many things but doesn't bring them to completion. Hunting Sloth The wise king of Proverbs shows us this active sluggard. He, unlike the traditional sloth, is up early in the morning. He has his eggs and drinks his coffee. Instead of being discovered in the sloth's usual habitat, buried beneath sheets and pillows, he is up and about, stalking through the forest, pursuing his prey. He is a hunter. See him tracking his animal. Thoughtful, calculated, alert. He sets his traps and camouflages himself for the kill. He knows his target. He knows his weapon. He lies in wait. While his brother Sloth is sleeping in the trees, he is armed in the bushes. While the other excuses inaction by complaining of lions in the streets, he is crouched where lions roar. When he sees his quarry, he times his assault perfectly and springs violently. The king sees this man return in the morning with a carcass draped over his shoulder. So far, he is full of manful action. But notice where the laziness of this hunting sluggard manifests. The lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting. Proverbs twelve twenty seven. What a strange picture. The man woke up early. He prepared his tools. He lay in wait. He acted deliberately, forcefully. He took the prize, brought home the meat, but never cooked it. Perhaps he decided he had worked hard enough for one day. Perhaps he realized just how tired he felt. His enthusiasm died before the meal was prepared. He labored promisingly for a time. He remained focused 
for a while. His was hard but unfinished work. In the end, his plate is just as empty as that of the other sluggard, waking up at his return. Incomplete. Men, how many tasks have you started strong and finished weak or not at all? How many deer have we killed but never tasted? How much nourishment has laziness robbed from our souls, our families, our churches, our world? I think this spirit of so far and no farther plagues our generation. We recreate at life. We rarely commit. Manhood seems less tethered to follow through, to roasting the meat we hunt. Consider just a few examples. Relationships. Date but never marry. Some men enjoy the chase of dating without taking any real steps towards marriage. They love the excitement, the hunt, the thrill, the flirt, the challenge. But lazily want nothing to do with lifelong commitment. Covenant panics them. They live unwilling to vow. I take you to be my wedded wife, to have and to hold from this day forward for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love, honor, comfort, and cherish you, and forsaking all others to keep myself only unto you as long as we both shall live. So they date for fun. They go hunting but never roast. Their catch-and-release policy might be less offensive if it didn't leave behind a trail of pierced and discarded hearts. They put in effort to get to know daughters of the king, but never know the feast that marital love provides nor the lasting fruit it bears. Church, attend but never join. How many men can leave their local church without anyone noticing? They never joined never served, never devoted themselves to God's people. Their schooling or career earned their talents and commitment. Their intramural basketball team or local gym received their dedication and time. While they placed their bodies in the church on Sundays, their hearts remained in the world. Such are the many who know little of belonging to a local church. They come, but bolt at the soonest opportunity. They will listen to the sermon, but search for any excuse to stay home and watch the live stream. They disappear for weeks at a time to their cabin or vacation and never get around to joining because of the weight of expectations. These play at Christianity, hunting theological game, but never roasting it. Work, labor, but for appearances. How many men really commit themselves to excellence, to comprehensiveness in their work? How many drape the kill of their life's work over their shoulder and take pleasure in the careful roasting of the meat? To the Christian man who found himself a slave in the early Colossian church, Paul instructs, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Colossians 3, 23 and 24. Work heartily, literally, from your soul. 
even in this, the most unpleasant of work situations. How many of us are eye-pleasers in our work, working hard when others watch us, but switching tabs and scrolling Twitter as soon as they walk away? How often have you and I stopped short of cooking the meal God would have for us? Great hunter. Where would we be if Jesus were the hunter many of us have been? If he came and lived a couple of decades among us and called it quits? If he fell upon his knees in Gethsemane and went no farther? Or felt the first nail through the wrist and summoned his army of angels? What if he came to save us as an eye pleaser, a hired hand who turned tail and ran when Satan our sins and God's righteous wrath bore down on him. If he stopped short, if he left even one step of the journey for us alone to achieve, we would be lost. If even one ounce of atoning blood needed to come from our veins, we would have no hope. If even one perfect work was yet required to fulfill the law on our behalf, all would remain undone. If Jesus somehow proved only a partway prophet, a mostly Messiah, a nearly sufficient Savior for us, we all would submerge beneath the burning waves forever. But oh, for a thousand tongues to praise the completeness of our mediator's work. Our shepherd did not bring most of his sheep nearly all the way home. He fulfills Of those whom you gave me, I have lost not one. This great high priest saves to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. His towering declaration from the height of the cross dealt not with nearlies, almosts, or mostlies, but rather, it is finished. Finishing the feast. Brothers, our work is not his work, but let us learn from our master who embodied the second half of the proverb perfectly. The lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting, but diligence is man's precious possession. Where are the men of diligence in the church today? Men who follow through, men who sprint through the finish line. Athletic men in the world exercise self-control in all things, but do so for a perishable wreath. Should we not much more do so for the imperishable? Let's be the few men on earth known for finishing the good we start in our families, our work, our churches, our communities, our nation, our world. Let our yes be yes and the quality of our commitments never be questioned. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Ecclesiastes 9.10 You serve the Lord. Let each of us in our own ways end our lives saying after the Master, I have glorified you on earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. John 17.4 And may we enjoy the roasted feast from the good works for which we labored with all our might. For more resources, visit DesiringGod.org.